back to you, fam. <laughs> I know that's a super mouthful.、Uh, maybe we can go by PBTY, fam. I had this super strong desire for the listeners to, you know, really feel included and welcomed, as if you've all been adopted into a new family. So I'm trying it out、uh, in the intros. Let me know what you think, PBTY, fam. <laughs> Still sounds weird. If you have a better idea, let me know. I am your host Dia, and today's episode is gonna be super fun. We're gonna talk about a very, very useful and easy to practice tool for our everyday life and experiences. And this involves creating a open and direct line of communication with all the fragments of ourselves or our being. We all have so many different personalities, different aspects of us that you know. Some we honor, some we repress. Or hide,、um, and then there's of course our higher self or the highest expression of our being here. You can think of that as you know some people refer to it as our intuition,、uh, a gut feeling, or our inner guidance. Basically, it's the beingness, b e i n g, beingness of you, the essence or the soul、um, of each person. It is a thing that is always at the place of ease and is witnessing. It's not disturbed. It's highly intuitive and very connected. All those aspects of us,、um, the highest self, as well as the ego and inner child, we may not have become quite acquainted with them at this point in our life,、um, or maybe we have noticed them but have yet to form a meaningful or a working partnership with them. And all of that is okay. I personally actually have just started to have this active and conscious conversation with my own inner guidance system, as well as having conversations with my inner child and ego. I always knew that they were there, but because I'm a very mental person, meaning I function in my mind quite a lot,、um, that I've really neglected that very precious and important aspect of my being that is actually always here to support me. You, you all have it. We all have it.、Um, here to support, here to witness, and here to hold space and guidance for each and every one of us. Before we jump into the really juicy stuff, I wanted to let you guys know that we do have an Instagram account、um, in which I post quotes that are pretty inspiring, resonating to topics that we talk about on here,、um, or just makes you kind of think outside of the box. I also have photo updates、um, or any other thing in regards to the podcast or whatever is kind of inspiring me at the moment. We also have a private Facebook group in which I created because I really wanted. The pass back to you members to have a safe and comfortable place in which we can all share our journeys, get support from each other, and feel free to discuss a variety of interesting topics.、Um, because it is a private group, everything you share can only be seen by members who are in that group. So there's no fear about you know family or friends seeing it. Of course, unless they are also in the group.、Uh, all you have to do is just look up pass back to you on Facebook. And for the Instagram, it's slightly different. You just have to type in at. Pats underscore back to you. So that's P A T H S underscore back to you. All right, let's jump into today's super fun episode. I'm going to start by first talking about how to spot which is which. How do we know when our ego is popping up versus our inner child versus our highest self slash our inner guidance? 
So first, let's talk about the ego because we hear about it all the time. So the term was coined by Sigmund Freud and then further expanded by Carl Jung. And now we hear about it all the time in relation to modern day spirituality. There's even this idea that we must kill the ego, which I don't think is really possible or necessary or is the correct approach, but I'm open to being wrong uh, if I learn something new in the future. But for now, I think ego is very important to our journey here. So the ego is very reactive, first of all. It doesn't like to respond. Um, The ego or those egoic thoughts generally serves to reinforce a pattern that's already been set and established within us. There is a kind of a negative perception of the ego, but I honestly think it's actually quite valuable because it can serve as the catalyst of wanting of us wanting to shift the discomfort that we sense and we feel within us and within our interactions whether that's externally or internally so the ego does genuinely think that it's protecting us so i think it's really sweet and we should all be grateful for our ego although more often than not it actually does obstruct us from feeling at ease and feeling joyful. It tends to cause um, a bit of external conflict and oftentimes more internal turmoil. But I think that's all part of this journey and part of the lesson. So the ego can show up in so many different ways. It can show up as fear, anxiety, anger, spiraling sad thoughts, prompting more spiraling sad emotions, etc., etc., So, but as you can see, all those emotions are quite necessary for our own protection sometimes. But it is when we allow that ego to hop in the driver's seat and take over all of our experiences and the ways that we show up or the ways that we process things, that's when things get a little bit funky. In real life, the ego can be the voice in your head when someone cuts you off in traffic and you're like, oh, hell no, you did not just do that. And then this prompts you to either honk at them, flip them off, or try to cut them off to get back at them. The ego can also be self-defeating doubts or insecurities, and those are quite closely tied to our inner child, which I'll discuss next. Basically, it shows up because a part of our ego's job is actually wanting to protect that inner child. So let's say you feel so passionate to start your own company or leave your job to find something that fulfills you more. But your programming and conditioning that you've had since you were a wee child starts to feel a bit scared, right? And it's thinking, oh my gosh, yeah, but what if I'm not good enough to do this thing? What if I leave my job and I'm not going to find another one and I can't pay rent or all the bills, which are all very valid thoughts. However, those are also the thoughts, if we don't keep them in check, that will hinder us paralyzed from taking expansive and productive risks, whether that's in business, career, love, relationship, or any other areas of our life, because our inner guidance sends us very quiet whispers. Or the universe or your guides might be sending you signs to nudge you towards your own personal joy and expansion, whatever that looks like to you. But our ego's voice is pretty loud and it's very demanding. And it sounds something like, okay, you want to do this thing, but are you sure? Remember that time you tried something new and it totally sucked and everybody laughed at you. So are you sure you want to go through that again? 
And so even though there is a deep, deep knowing of what it is that we truly desire and want to do, our ego tends to like to talk us back down from the ledge to quote unquote, keep us safe. I think I will do another episode in the near future um, on how we can distinguish between what is ego and what is intuition and how we can differentiate the two. I know I had a lot of trouble with this um, and I know that many of you are probably also confused about which voice is which when we hear it in our heads. In any case, uh, we can see how the ego is really lovely because it truly believes it has our best interest. But in this day and age where our physical survival isn't actually always at risk like our ancestors used to be, I believe that to lead a joyful and expansive life where, you know, energy should be moving and not stagnant, we sometimes do have to step outside of our comfort zone. And I don't just mean with actions in external environment or, you know, with career, relationships, family, whatever. I'm also talking about the comfort zone that we're in right now with the way that we react in every situation. For example, what kind of emotions do we go through? And how do we interpret a situation? How do we deal with conflicts when they arise? So to cap it, the ego wants safety. So it generally tries to make us stick to the patterns that we're already used to, even though sometimes those patterns are actually constrictive rather than helping us grow or actually helping us manifest what we want. So let's now take a look at what the inner child might look or sound like. I feel like our inner child is so precious. There's also not only just negative aspects to our inner child. It is also where we express ourselves creatively. It's where we feel a sense of genuine excitement and curiosity to explore and interact with new experiences, new people, new ideas. It's where we feel that sense of wonder and trust. And the aspect of us that wants to experience and enjoy what feels good. Now, on the opposite of that same coin, for example, we just talked about how trust, trusting is one of the things that the inner child uh, show up for and wanting to seek out things that feels good, genuinely good is also something that the child's inner child seeks out for. But now what if when we were a child, we had to deal with a lot of toxic situations, people, Um, maybe parents, maybe grandparents, or any kind of care provider? What if we experienced trauma as a child? What if we felt abandoned or uncared for? So now the trust turns into distrust. The feeling good could actually turn into addictions. And the love that we felt so deeply and blindly for our parents and the desire of wanting them to love us back might turn into some kind of codependent tendencies when uh, we're adults and we enter relationships. This could be friendships, romantic partnerships, uh, business partnerships, anything like that. And I just want to say here that codependent uh, tendencies is one version. The other version is um, just being completely avoidant and just being too scared to commit. So those are all things that, you know, obviously can show up when we have these childhood traumas. So the inner child, when we are presented with certain situations, can get re-triggered. If somebody or something happens in which it made us feel unseen, unheard, unloved, or maybe we felt disrespected, like someone doesn't value us or believe us. At this point, our inner child is most likely going to hop on center stage of our perspective um, or our mind 
probably unconscious though, and it's going to want to cry, scream, hit, kick, whatever else that it thinks will soothe us or justifies the hurt that it just experienced, that he or she just felt. And so here is where the ego comes in, kind of like a big brother or sister that looks out for you. So it jumps in and tries to defend you. So let me give you a concrete example. Let's say as a child, you were constantly criticized for not cleaning your room. And because it happened so often and it was such a big deal that it made you feel like a really bad person whenever you didn't clean your room or keep things organized. So somewhere along the line, and this is not like your parents did it intentionally, it's just human beings um, interacting with each other and, and causing these things. Anyway, so eventually this criticism uh, of being messy becomes a part of this thing that you repress and you put in your shadows because we've now made an association, right? My mom and my dad always told me, oh my God, you're so messy, clean your room. If you don't clean your room, you're not going to get a treat, et cetera, et cetera. So we start to repress that. We think that being messy is a really bad quality and it makes us unlovable. I'm simplifying this, but you get the idea. Um, by the way, if you don't know what shadow or shadow work is, feel free to listen to episode 11 called How to Embrace Your Shadow. So, okay, as an adult, now you're with a new boyfriend or girlfriend and it's everything's so great. And then one day you came from work and you're feeling super tired and you just throw your clothes on the couch or on the floor mindlessly. And of course, your new boyfriend or girlfriend doesn't know that this is something that triggers you. Maybe you didn't even know. So they say something casual like, oh my God, wow, I didn't believe you were such a messy person. Now, if this isn't a trigger for you, you're going to just brush it off like, oh, haha, yeah, whatever, I'll pick it up later. But if you are that child that got scolded and told all the time and made you feel like a bad person for being messy, then this is going to bring out that inner child and your ego along with it. At this point, your inner child starts to relive those old patterns unconsciously in that very moment. And it starts to feel things like, oh my God, they think I'm messy. They won't ever love me or want me. They're going to leave. Oh my God. Oh no, no one's ever going to love me. I know at this point, you're going to think this sounds super dramatic because it's just about clothes on the floor and because I'm saying it out loud. That's why it sounds really dramatic and unreal. But in reality, most of this dialogue is happening in our unconscious mind. So we don't even realize that this dialogue with our inner child is happening. But what we do see is that all of a sudden we feel super sad. We might feel hopeless, maybe really angry. Because now at this point, the ego, the big brother or sister is like, uh-uh, you will not talk to me like that. So then what might happen is we're getting triggered now. Our inner child and ego are showing up. And we say, oh, well, like you are so perfect. You leave your shit everywhere all the time and I can't fucking handle it. And now your new boyfriend or girlfriend is shocked. They don't understand why that innocent remark has made you so angry. Maybe they even did it with like love, you know, like, oh, that's so cute. You're so messy. haha. But what they didn't know is that that was an extremely big shadow and a trigger for you. So now you see that we are... We've arrived at a situation where there's conflict. Now that that hurt part of you has been triggered, your ego comes into defense. We say things we don't mean. We say hurtful things that we're going to regret later. And this is why it's so important for us to do the so-called work, self-work, uh, particularly shadow work. 
and to really look inside. It's not fun. I mean, it's fun for me, but I can see why it's not fun because it can get messy and it can get it can bring up a lot of trauma for people. Um, but the reason why we got to do the shadow work is because if we can become just aware of the things that we've come to stuff in the shadow that we've repressed that we've hidden that creates shame in us then the next time it happens or shows up we will have a way better chance of choosing to respond versus reacting from a place of fear abandonment anger whatever it may be And when we are able to choose to respond consciously the next time and then the next time after, we begin to break that old pattern that we've been built for years and years and years. So when we can do that, we start to make new neural pathways and new neural connections. And before you know it, the, 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 I don't know, third, fourth time you get triggered on something that used to be a shame for you, you will actually notice that you didn't get angry. You didn't get triggered anymore. You didn't take it personally. You didn't get offended. And thus, no fight was started. And uh, don't worry if you're feeling like, oh my God, this sounds really great. What? Well, how do I do this? Because I'm going to talk about how we can start to have better relationships with those aspects of us right now. And make sure you do stick around because um, I talked about ego and inner child, but I didn't talk about inner guidance or rather our highest self, but I'm going to get to that as well. Let me give credit where credit's due. So prior to hearing this method or this practice, and I got this from um, Saad Simone. You can look him up on Instagram. It's S-A-H-D-S-I-M-O-N-E. There's no affiliation whatsoever. I just like him and I follow him on Instagram. But thanks to this video that Saad did, and it was super funny, uh, this video basically says, call out your inner critic. And he said, name it first. You got to name your inner critic. Or I will say, I would just uh, switch switch out the inner critic for ego here. And so he said his was Bianca with a K. So I'm guessing he has a very sassy inner critic or ego. And this video really lit me up and made me really excited because naming things is such a human thing. So I thought immediately like, yes, I'm going to name my inner critic. I'm going to name my ego right now. And I'm going to do one even better. I'm going to also name my inner child and my highest self. And the naming thing is so useful and helpful because as human beings, we love to label everything and ourselves so that it makes sense to us, so that it becomes concrete. We give it a form. We give it an identity. And I'm not saying that this is always good, but for this particular practice, it's super helpful. It's just something that we normally do. We want to assign meaning to things. Otherwise, we don't know what to do with it. And so because the ego and the inner child aspects of us can just sneak up on us super fast, oftentimes we immediately react with strong emotions and or action without even being able to become aware that those two feelings just showed up or that those two aspects just showed up. We just know, we just feel this anger or sadness or frustration, but we we miss that beat in between that awareness to to say oh wait hold on a second that wasn't me that wasn't my highest self that wasn't my being that was that inner child that hurt inner child that was the ego that wants to protect it's very hard to catch those moments because feelings happen so so fast especially when it's a strong feeling so with naming 
it's like now I put a concrete thing to when these feelings or these voices show up. So I named my ego Cassie. (laughs) It just felt really intuitive for me. And I named my inner child Mia, kind of like Dia, but with M and a bit more sad because there was an Angelina Jolie movie that's called Mia and she was like the super depressed model with a lot of issues. Anyway, and for my highest self or my inner guidance, I named her Freya because I fell in love with that name when I read this Icelandic novel and I love the fact that she's a goddess. So point being, have fun with naming your own ego, inner child and your highest self. You can feel into it. You can even sit down for a minute or lay down and ask like, hey ego, what name would you like me to refer you to? And just listen. You might hear something, you might see a name flash across your mind, or maybe all of a sudden a movie or TV show character pops into your head and that really reminds you of the way your ego shows up. And then just continue with um, naming your inner child, the aspect that needs so much healing, maybe some reparenting, lots of love, compassion, a little bit of hand-holding, and a lot of warm, big hugs from the adult version of you. And then last but not least, your highest self or your inner guidance. Maybe find something, find a name that feels powerful um, or a person in your life you admire. Maybe a, again, a character on TV or a movie that you love and you always wanted to embody their essence. So make this exercise fun because I don't know about you guys, I like to name inanimate objects. So like my laptop or my phone or my car, it just feels really nice to add a personal touch. So make sure you have a lot of fun with this exercise and find names that feels really true to you, really personal to you. So, okay, now that you've got the names, how do we start to talk to those aspects of us? What we can do first is is sort of establish an initial meeting if you haven't done this before. So find a moment where you can be alone with no distractions. Um, If you want to make it cute, you can put some music on and then just speak either out loud or inside your head. If I am alone, I always prefer to speak out loud, but I know that not all of us can always find space or time to be alone. So we can always use your mind. You can even write it out or type it out like a letter or like a co-conversation. And I want to say here that if you think this sounds completely insane about talking to yourself out loud, if you ever looked sideways and weird at someone um, on the subway train who was talking to themselves, I want you to recognize that we talk to ourselves all the time. We just don't do it out loud. And what happens when we have these conversations in our heads is that we're unable to catch it and we're unable to bring awareness. But when we speak our thoughts out loud, it becomes solid and we have such a better chance of catching them and noticing them when they're spinning out or not serving us. So don't feel weird about talking to yourself out loud. It's actually really fun and it makes you feel less alone. (laughs) At least it makes me feel less alone. So this is, so I'll give you my own example. Uh, I'm going to be talking to my ego now and meeting her. So hi, Cassie. Nice to meet you. And I just want to first let you know that I very much appreciate you and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for always wanting to protect me. Thank you for allowing me to stand up for myself when it is necessary because sometimes we do need to let the kitty cat claws out. But I'm here now. I'm here to listen, to hear you, to soothe you, and to let you know that you can take time off. I've established a connection or I will be establishing a connection with Freya. 
aka my higher self. And guess what? She's going to step in when things get really tough. And this way, you don't always have to be on such high alert and defense mode because I want you to rest. I want you to take a vacation if you want. Freya has got it from here on out. She can handle some of the burdens with you. You don't have to fight so hard anymore. And then I'll say, you know, I love you. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you, etc., etc. You can have your own dialogue, whatever feels good to you. Okay, now we're going to do our inner child and our higher self. So for my inner child, who is named Mia. Hi, Mia. First of all, I love you so much. And thank you for having been there for me always, for sharing my pain and burden, and basically for carrying me all the way to who I am and where I am now. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here today, honestly. And I just want to let you know that whatever you feel is always valid. I honor your joy and I also see your pain. And I'm here to sit with you whenever you need. Even though I wasn't there before, I'm here to hug you um, and I'm here to give you so much love. I'm sorry that I have not acknowledged you in this way before. I'm sorry I haven't held you before, but I'm here now. And if you ever feel sad or hurt or angry, Don't worry, I'm not going to leave you. I will sit here in the discomfort with you without any judgment and just being here to witness. And again, here you can let your inner child know, um, him or her know that you've invited in your highest self and that now he or she um, will be helping step up more so that the inner child can rest and not feel so threatened or alone all the time. Last but not least, um, our conversation with our inner guidance can sound something like that. So mine is Freya. Hi, Freya. So this is how I'll be referring to you and calling you up from here on out. I apologize that I haven't been more connected to you. I know that you've always been here offering me ease, guidance and strength and clarity And uh, I know that often than not, I did not listen. I have not listened. But I want to say that I'm here and I'm ready now. I'm ready to open and establish a direct line with you so that I can honor and hear your guidance. And please feel free to step in and let me know in whichever way, shape or form when you have a message for me. I will do my best to always pay attention, look out for signs and heed to your advice. You can also do something even more um, advanced if you are a pretty intuitive person or, you know, a very sensory person and quite tuned in. You can ask for a sensation in your body um, and associate it with that's your intuition speaking. So something like, hi Freya, could you please send me a sensation, sound or vision right now so that I know when I feel this, see this or hear this, it is you speaking to me. So at this point, if we might still have some trouble distinguishing between ego versus intuition, no worries, just practice this first and get a feel for it. I will definitely make an episode in the near future um, to go more into depth on how to make the distinction between the two. So the reason why I'm sharing this with you today in this episode is because it worked so well for me and I was just super excited to share it with you guys. And I want to give you an example of how this helped me. So this happened recently. I was cooking something and then I got a text from somebody. Honestly, I don't remember what was said in the text, but all of a sudden I felt super attacked. I felt unloved. I felt unimportant. And I also felt very anxious and fearful. 
But because I had just done this um, practice of naming these aspects of me, um, I also happened to be alone at home. So that was great. I literally said out loud, hey, Mia, hey, Cassie, I feel you. I hear you. I can feel that you're upset and anxious, but it's okay. We can let it go because the reality is there's nothing we can do from here. There's nothing that we can control and this fear isn't real and it's just not really productive. So let's all just take a breath and allow this to flow on through. So this was my first time practicing it and it did take a pretty lengthy conversation to talk my ego and inner child back down and to soothe them. But before I started to talk to them, I felt this tightness in my chest and kind of like that uncomfortable rocks in your stomach feeling. And once I started to talk to them and I really got through, these feelings really began to fade away. It totally worked. So I was able to step into the seat of my higher self, aka Freya, and allow her guidance to take over. All the drama and that anxiety that was created in my head, I was then able to witness them, not as me, but just a part of me. So that way I was able to allow them to dissipate. Uh, Another time this happened, I was out walking or running, and I don't remember what happened, but again, I think it was a phone conversation because these days I'm not really seeing anybody in person. Anyway, something had happened and I got really offended and I wanted to get upset and angry and reply a really sassy text. But I was by myself and I literally said out loud, hey, Cassie, I hear you. I feel you, but let's calm down. It's all right. I know it feels super icky and I know you want to fight, but there is absolutely no need. It's not going to make anything better. It's okay. I just spoke with her kind of like that for a couple of minutes, maybe less than that, but the feeling of anger and anxiety just slowly, slowly went away. I think this is really helpful because this really solidifies the concept that we are not our thoughts. <laughs> Something that's very hard to for us to grasp sometimes. It took me quite a few years actually, but in this way, when we are able to separate these fragments of, of us, um, we can really start to see that when something troubling, anxious, fearful comes up, it's not the entirety of us. It's not our highest being. It's just an aspect of us. And remember, as you practice these, please treat every aspect of yourself with such gentleness and softness and compassion and mostly with so much love. You can get sassy with them. I do with Cassie because she is really sassy with me. (laughs) But often those parts of us that we do tend to deny or repress or ignore the most are precisely those parts of us that need us to see them, to hear them, to feel them, to acknowledge them. Those aspects of us that need our love and compassion. And we cannot fight wanting peace and harmony by adding more fuel to the fire. We cannot create the circumstance for anger to dissipate if we add more frustration. And we cannot heal or allow sadness to pass without truly feeling it and staying with it without judgment. 
we have to allow these feelings and these thoughts to run its natural course without trying to shove it down, push it away, or give it more energy. And we can't hide it forever by being super busy or by drinking or drugs or whatever other ways we people like to numb ourselves. Because if we don't sit and stay and show up for those feelings and those wounds in us, it's going to keep showing up. It's going to affect every single interaction we have, um, whether it's with strangers at the supermarket, uh, with your family, with your friends, loved ones, whatever. But this is when we begin to feel and see transformation. And it's so exciting. And it feels so good. It really feels like even though I'm an adult, I'm going to be 30 next year, it still feels like I'm growing up. And so it is always with this openness, this acceptance, a gentleness, and this soft but so powerful love and compassionate energy. It is with these energy that we can allow the clouds to drift away and return to our highest state, which is basically um, this calm blanket of beautiful blue sky or water. And it's just at ease, harmonious, watching the drama or aka the clouds drift on and drift away. I think this particular practice is super important if it works for you, if you are okay with talking to yourself. Um, we should always reach out, of course, and seek professional help and support from, um, yes, professionals or our friends and family. But I know the reality of the situation is, especially right now, is that sometimes we don't have those resources. And when we're going through something, it can be very hard for us to find someone to talk to. And when we invite those aspects, these different aspects of ourselves, along with our highest self, our most centered and grounded expression, we really get to step up for that wounded child, for that hurting ego. When we do this, we are choosing to no longer run away or hide from ourselves, from those aspects that very much needs to be heard and healed. And in this way, we're choosing to expand instead of retract. So I hope you all have a lot of fun with this little tool naming all of your aspects. You can come up with other ones if you'd like. Um, again, I want to say thanks to the very spiritually sassy Saad Simone for this inspiration behind this exercise. I'll probably leave um, his Instagram in the blog post. And you guys, please do join the Facebook group and also check out our Instagram if you'd like. Um, again, there's going to be a blog post that accompanies every single episode. And if I mentioned anybody, any book, whatever reference that I think it's going to be important that you should look at or maybe you want to look at, um, I will be sharing them on the blog post. I would also love to know your thoughts about this process and once you've gotten to try it, what it's what is it like for you? What is the name of your ego and your inner child and your highest self? Let me know how it goes through whichever social media platform that works best for you. Thank you all so much for listening and I will talk to you in the next episode.